far. Welcome. This is the Felt Recoil Podcast, episode number 128. Glad to have you here. A lot to get to. Um, it is our first show following Christmas, which means it's our first show after the bombing in Nashville. Still, nobody is quite sure yet. Well, nobody that's saying anything is quite sure yet what exactly that was all about. We don't know a motive. I think motive is important in things like that. Um, if not just to ease the nerves of America uh, as a whole. Anyway, we'll give you the latest on that. We have a see it first on our website with some incredible body cam footage from Nashville Metro Police. Uh, I'll tell you where to find that. Um, my name is Chris, and across from me, Mr. P. Mag Hulon. How are you, sir? I'm doing good. Good, good. Who knew that when your parents named you ever so many years ago... It'd be so appropriate to the thing you do now, you know? Yeah. That's called foresight. They called their buddy Drake. What do we name this baby? Yep. That would be brandable in the future. He said, I got this thing. Or maybe it was Travis Haley at the time. I'm not sure what the timeline is there. All right. Anyway, a little Magpul deep dive history stuff there for you. You know, you're licking your, your right. lips right now like just... Move along, Vermilion. So I will. Um, I'll continue with the Magpul history. The places we could go. The places we could go. Um, all right. Nashville, we're not sure. Let me just tell you this. Our charity of choice this week is the Red Cross, the American Red Cross, Tennessee region specifically. Uh, we have a link to it. If you will go to feltrecoilshow.com, that's feltrecoilshow.com slash Nashville bombing. We have a link there for how you uh, can directly, oh, just Nashville. Thank you. Sorry. Feltrecoilshow.com slash Nashville. There's a link there. It'll take you directly to redcross.org the uh, Nashville area donation center, your donation will help alleviate uh, the suffering there in the Nashville area. The Red Cross uses your donations to respond to an average of more than 60,000 disasters every year nationwide. They provide shelter, food, emotional support, and other necessities to those that are affected, especially in a case like this. So we'll talk Nashville bombing. We're going to talk the ATF withdrawing its guidance on AR pistol braces. We're going to talk about the fact that this is, I believe, the scandal of our lifetimes. Anthony Fauci is the perpetrator of the greatest fraud and hoax and really undermining of the republic i think in our lifetime man i thought you were about to profess your undying love for that man no no in fact i can't say what i was about to say that's right this is a family show i'm gonna say that guy should be arrested and tried on charges of treason and defrauding the public and anything else you can charge a guy with a position in the white house a position of such immense authority who eventually admits while doing what he's doing 
that he's been lying to the public so that the public will do what he says they should do. And if you think, by the way, if you think that's a Fox News headline, if you think that's a Blaze headline, if you think it's Breitbart, oh, it's his if you own think it's words. the Daily Wire, it's from the New York Times. In his own words. In his own words. Fauci has told us that's what he's been doing. We'll break that down. Plus, Patrick got a new toy. So we're going to forego a vote of the week this week, and we're going to talk about Patrick's new toy. Before we dive in to all the madness of the world, Merry Christmas. How was it? Was it Merry a good Christmas. one? It was, it was not too bad. Yeah. You got a young one at home, mm-hmm. a very young one, yep. meaning young one. Yeah, about one and a half. Right. Did you get the feeling? I'm curious. Well, I'm not going to put words in your mouth. I'm not gonna taint the water here. You just you tell me how Christmas played out in the Hulan household. Did you have a Christmas where you're like, this was adequate? And then that was that? I think it was um pretty standard. Yeah. Um having a one and a half year old was different because she you know, she's she's mobile, she's learning to talk. Mm-hmm. Uh when you put a Christmas gift in front of her, she really doesn't quite get it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were trying to like kind of prod her a little bit into tearing into the gifts. It's more about the paper at this point, right? Even that she didn't really respond to, which usually like if we go to the doctor's office, mm-hmm. she wants to like crinkle up all the paper on the, mm-hmm. on the, you know, little table. Okay. Um, this was different though. This was like, she didn't want to, it was almost like she would start to rip a package open. And then it was like, she would look around to see like, okay, am I supposed to be doing this? Right. Or do okay. No one, no one's stopping me. Didn't want to get in trouble. What's going on right now? I'm waiting for someone to yell my name. Yeah, she didn't want the heavy hand of dad coming down. That's right. So, so that was kind of, um, I don't want to say anticlimactic, but I was really kind of hoping she would just dive in. Now, (laughs) once, now once they were open, it it really was about the packaging and the paper. Yeah, as much as anything, she did get a few things that she kind of has latched onto. Pretty quickly, but other than that, yeah, she likes the paper. Uh, but Christmas as a whole was pretty nice. Got together with some family, um, a lot of family actually, all in one big room. Oh no! Yeah, and they've all died. Come from and arrest COVID. me! Come and arrest me! They've all—they're all dead. Why did you do that? Yep, that's my bad. Mm. No, it was, I, I mean it. In all actuality, for us, I think it felt pretty normal. Yeah, good, fantastic. I've mentioned, I do have to tell you one story about, well, let me tell you two things about my Christmas. First, my wife got me two incredible gifts. One I had said I would want explicitly, like I did the thing where I sent her the link. I've always wanted one of these. A turkey sandwich? Turkey sandwich. Now get it. There's a company, Saddleback Leather. I have no affiliation with them whatsoever, except that they own several of my paychecks. And uh, they make really good leather goods. Um, Really well done. 100-year warranty. Good, solid craftsmanship. Everything's heavy. It's not like something you buy and tote around all the time. It's a heavy piece. It's a good business piece. Okay, I've used it to that advantage. If you're going to a meeting and you're not real familiar with everybody, you want to take a bag, briefcase bag, drop it on the table and have everybody go, whoa, that's what Saddleback's all about. Okay, makes a statement. Every year they make a limited number of chess sets. So it's a really nice, fine piece of leather. 
and so it's floppy leather. Right, so what's that got to do with you? Exactly. See, I don't know anything about chess. I really don't. I think like everybody, I've flirted with chess my whole life because it's like that game that the smart people play. So right. you want to act like you know, oh, yes, of course I play chess. <laughs> Red wine and chess, that's every night at my house, of course. Um, but they make a chess set that's a travel chess set. And it's got chess and checkers, so there's one game I can play in there, right? Uh, and it rolls up in this cool, what would you call that? Almost like a scabbard of sorts. Yeah. And uh, you that's put... A, you know what? I think that's exactly what that is. <laughs> it is, right? Yeah. In a way. So uh, it comes with the leather pieces in individual leather sacks and uh, and the, the uh, checkers pieces have their own sack. And anyway, you just put it all in there, and you can roll it up, and you put it in your scabbard, and you, you lug it wherever you're going. Now, the guy that makes them, he says what he does is he, um, when he travels, he and his son will play, and when they play, they'll flip it over, and they'll write where they were and the date, and that's how they track their games of chess. Kinda so cool. that's kind of a cool concept you could do with it. So that was the thing I wanted then. Number two, and I'll I'll get to my favorite Christmas story, was she, my wife got me this thing. If you haven't seen it, it's called Flicker Fire. You ever heard of this place? Nope. All right. So for all intents and purposes, it's an indoor fire pit, but it's not an indoor fire pit. It's about the size of a coffee pot. It's this really heavy stone thing. And then you, feel it, uh, you fill it with... Uh, what is the type of alcohol? Isopropyl pill or something like that? Like it's good. Sure. Yeah. All right. So it's got a specific type of alcohol that when you burn that alcohol, it just burns off. Okay. It's an immediate combustion. And so you fill it with that and then you can burn it and you can actually cook over it. You can make s'mores over it. So we did s'mores on our kitchen table with this thing. It's kind of crazy. I'll put a, I'll, maybe I can put a picture up on, uh, yeah, I put a picture up on our Instagram of it. Um, so you can go to our Instagram and see it. But I didn't trust it. I was very like, yeah, I don't know about all that. Because the instructions are... <laughs> don't start in a fire on my kitchen table. Exactly. And the instructions are, don't let any drips be in the area. Make sure you clean and dry everything before you light it. But it's actually been a lot easier and it's a lot safer than, than I initially thought. Um, but that was really cool. I've said this before, and I'll be done with Christmas stories. Oh, no, I won't. I brought my favorite Christmas gift out of all of them. My son got a tool set from his grandparents, and in that tool set... He made you a shank? He did. Uh, In that tool set (laughs) was a razor blade, and uh, he goes out and just finds any stick or rock or anything he can sharpen. I mean, he's a boy, right? And that's what little boys do. And so uh, he brought me this on, I think, Christmas night, maybe the day after Christmas, and he said, I just wanted you to have this. I made it. And it's a stick, maybe maybe almost a piece of mulch that he found, and he sharpened it to a very fine point, and then he colored it black to look like a pencil, and he wrote "Dad" on it, and I just thought that was the coolest thing. So that's there behind me on the shelf. I love that uh, Flicker Fire chess set. But here's what happened: that was the funniest part of it all. I've mentioned that my mother-in-law works for Walmart, mm-hmm. and she just buys whatever. Like she buys lots of it. All of it, all of it, to the degree that my oldest son, who this story is about, 
when all was said and done on Christmas Eve, she came Christmas Eve, we, we celebrated together. They leave, my sister-in-law and her husband leave. We say goodnight. It was a great time. And my son turns to me and goes, man, Dad, I just can't believe it. Like, I really thought, and they call her Lala. I really thought Lala would bring, like, five gifts. But, man, 13. 13 gifts, Dad. <laughs> I was like, oh, you were counting? He goes, well, yeah, yeah. She brought me 13 gifts. But on one of those 13, um, it was basically like a child's book, you know? Looked like it was made for a two-year-old, maybe a three-year-old, you know? But it just got, I mean, they each get a huge pile of stuff, and she just gives them a big pile of stuff that's fun for them. Uh, (laughs) He picked it up, and he opened it, and he goes, "Um, oh, hey, this has my name on it. Um, This has has my name on it. This says it's for me. (laughs) I was like, it is, buddy. It is. Oh, well, thank you. Goes over here. Said over here. So I'm back. Are there other gifts to be opened? Like it was really, really funny. This says it's. So this says it's for me. Yeah, it was pretty good. Anyway, all right. So good. I'm glad you had a good Christmas. I feel like as a parent, I still look at it and I go, "But did we need all this? <laughs> but did we have to do all this? In fact, yeah. But but I mean, that's kind of the fun of it. Sure. At this stage of the game. Yes. Yeah. My mom bought my four-year-old daughter a piano with a microphone. Why wouldn't she? (laughs) Yeah. My daughter does not need a microphone. She goes around this house all day, every day, at the top of her lungs. She loves to sing. So we want to encourage that. I get it. But she she got her a piano and a microphone. My daughter is sitting in my mother's living room and just Pounding that thing. And that's exactly how she sounds. And my wife went to hush her. Like, hey, hey, hey. And I went, ah, you let her perform. <laughs> Grandma bought her that piano. Grandma will hear the piano. <laughs> so she did. The piano could end up at Grandma's house. She performed it. Uh, yeah. You know what's funny is the piano uh, it was a nice little plastic piano. Um, it it had about a 24-hour life cycle. <laughs> piano still works. The microphone doesn't. Piano's still there. So uh, she loves it. She lays it. She, she'll get up in her bed, and instead of going to bed, she plays that little piano. Now so you talked about your, your chess set, and we've talked about a couple other things. Yeah. Um, oh, here next to me, I have yeah. uh, what looks to be a Boba Fett spaceship. Yeah, and that's got its own story. Of some sort. Um, did you want to share this with the group? Or? Sure. If you buy from Disney, shopdisney.com right now, um, you cannot find that. Oh, I left the price tag on it. Poor kid. Um, One million dollars. My son is a huge Star Wars fan. The six-year-old boy is. He's so into it. Listen to me carefully. He is so into Star Wars. And this is a spoiler. If you're not watching Mandalorian up to date, you can mute me for about 15, 20 seconds. I'm caught up. The Jedi that showed up in uh, Mandalorian this season who named Baby Yoda, who told us his name, that girl is in Clone Wars, the cartoon Star Wars, I guess. And he knew her name when she appeared on screen. He yelled out, that's so-and-so, whatever her name is. 
he he connects all the dots. Like he knows Kylo Ren is Darth Vader's grandson. Han Solo is Kylo Ren's dad. He knows it all, man. He's into it. I would need a chart. I bought him that Boba Fett. Funny enough, I emailed my dad a chart this morning about where the Mandalorian fits into the timeline of Star Wars. Because we had a big debate after the season finale. Like, where exactly are we in the timeline? I was having a lot of debate in my own head about that mm-hmm. until the end. And then I kind of felt like I figured it out. Uh. So, we're big fans. Boba Fett, obviously, is playing a, a, a lead, uh, is playing a lead role now. What's interesting about that toy, the, the story behind it is, I bought it from Disney directly. And... Uh, there's a button that's broken on it, and that broken button, I'm going to blame the button. Maybe my kid broke it, but he pulled it out of the box. He played with it for five minutes, and the toy was broken. And I was like, oh, man, it broke. And uh, he's like, I didn't break it. I didn't break it. And I was like, it looks like it did. Well, it turned out the button was broken on it. Like We, we picked it up and played with it, and the button was defective on the back, and that meant that when he was trying to do what the directions showed him to do, it broke a tab off of it. Now, my wife was actually able to fix it because I'm not mechanical, but she took it from him and uh, she got it into working condition. But I emailed Disney and I said, hey, the button on the back is stuck down. It causes tab to break. Do you guys allow exchanges? Like, can we just exchange this top portion so he has the portion with the tab and it'll lock in correctly? Because we didn't need a whole new thing, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And Disney's reply was, we're not doing exchanges on that item right now. So we just refunded your money for the cost. And I thought, well, I'm not mad because I don't need the new toy. Now, side note, you can't get that from them right now. Because when they refunded it, I said, well, I'll just go buy a new one. I'll just go get another one. Right. You can't find that on their website. Probably demand is so high. Or and, they know they all break. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or a toy that was $25 six months ago. Now that he's... Yep, into the show and all that. I think it's probably 60 bucks. I know it's $60 on Amazon. Who knows what they'll come back with at Disney. Anyway, that was interesting. So I, I say that to say I felt bad for anybody who bought one and then it wasn't fixable. It just broke and stayed broke because now their kid's out of a toy altogether, right? Like I wasn't that unfortunate. We're fine. It works anyway. doesn't matter. High class problems. Uh, but yeah, great Christmas. I'm glad you had a good Christmas. Uh, I think Christmases are fun with kids. Um, I do agree that there is just kind of a, that's the point of it when it comes to the over generosity of the grandparents. Right. But anyway, those aren't the parents that raised me. Uh, All right. So let's start uh, with the Nashville bombing. Now, we still don't know motive, right? Have you read any motive of this guy? Uh, The rumor uh, as of about five o'clock today, was that this guy was uh, blaming his father's dementia on five G technology? Oh, uh, his father, I think, passed away a while back from cancer. Oh, no kidding! And so uh, the the story circulating that I've heard is that this was all um, a intentional attack. Um, where he purposefully tried to uh, eliminate the possibility of killing anyone in the process, apparently aside from himself. Mm. And so then uh, 
basically tried to purposefully take out some sort of AT&T information center that was sort of the hub for the uh, internet and phone um, in the area. So, don't take any of that in the bank, A bit by of the way. speculation. It's a, it's yeah. a lot of speculation yeah. on my part and, and uh, from what I've heard. I mean, there's all sorts of stuff getting passed around the internet about why he blew it up, um, what actually was in the building, who knows. It seems, as you pointed out earlier, Google Maps has the location blurred out, which they will usually do with sensitive locations. Right. Anywhere that the government doesn't want the public to be able to get on and kind of scout the location, that's going to happen. So, obviously, there was something there. We just don't know what it was. Obviously, this guy was a lunatic. We just don't know why. Um, there has been some debates online about do we label it terrorism? Do we not? I think motive has to be understood before it can be determined to be terrorism. Is it terrorism in and of you know itself just for terrorizing the public? Sure, but it's not what qualifies legally as terrorism because we don't know if there's a political motive. That's what terrorism is, is somebody using violence to uh, force a political motive uh, or their ideology on people. It doesn't have to necessarily be political. It just needs to be ideology. Anyway, um, Fox News has a story that says the suspect who authorities say was responsible for the bombing in Nashville on Christmas Day, man, reportedly told his neighbor in the days before the explosion that Nashville in the world is never going to forget me. Rick Lodd says he saw the bomber standing in his mailbox while driving on December 21st and pulled over to talk with him after asking how his elderly mother was doing. The bomber uh, said he casually, uh, or I'm sorry, Lodd said he casually asked the bomber, is Santa going to bring you anything good for Christmas? And the bomber smiled and then said, oh, yeah, Nashville in the world is never going to forget me. Um, so ominous, <laughs> foretelling or foreshadowing, I guess. Uh, at FeltRecoilShow.com slash Nashville, there is some video there that I think is worth watching. It's about 13 minutes worth of body cam footage. The Christmas Day bombing in Nashville just really highlights again what I think we've kind of forgotten because especially with the um, the debates with the ATF, the debates with the lockdowns, we've seen a lot of videos over the last year of cops who I think are going against their oath and enforcing unconstitutional laws. But it's refreshing to just see videos of cops doing what cops do and being heroes, uh, out there guiding people away from danger, running into danger, uh, the video starts with the Metro Nashville officers telling a homeless man he's not in trouble. They just really need him to move, to get out of there, to find somewhere else to go. Um, he's covered up under a sleeping bag. Very chilling to hear the recording playing. It's a female voice saying, essentially, get out of the area, get out of the area. At uh, one point, I think it says that uh, this vehicle contains a bomb or something to that effect as well. Isn't that crazy? Tennessee Governor Bill Lee said the explosion directly impacted AT&T's communication systems across the state of Tennessee with additional impacts across Kentucky and northern Alabama. And according to Fox News, the explosion created a system failure that impacted residential phones, cell phone service, and over 20 public safety answering points that serve as 911 call centers. Um, 
So I don't, I mean, again, we don't know. We don't know if this guy knew what he was doing. We don't know why he did what he did. We don't know if he had some sort of grand scheme that caused him to do what he did. But in a way, first of all, nobody died as a result. So thank God for that, except maybe him, it looks like, which, okay, good riddance. It's terrible. People have lost their livelihoods. That's for sure. Um, you know, businesses and apartments blown to smithereens, everything inside them, memories gone forever, forever. Some of that stuff I'm sure was invaluable and irreplaceable. Um, but I think you have to always look for the silver lining in big tragedies like this. And you have to find a way to stay optimistic about the future when things seem so dark. And I think that silver lining is to see that there are still really, really good people out going to work every single day and just serving their community. That We were talking, as we watched this together, we were talking about this officer that you watch his body cam footage here for the 13 minutes. He is absolutely relaxed. Mm-hmm. Like maybe not in his own mind, but his demeanor, whatever his training is, whatever his life experience is that has culminated in his ability to maintain the disposition he maintains throughout that 13 minutes is unbelievable. Because, again, go watch. And one of the most telling features to me was, as the bomb goes off, he walks away from the building. He's next to a building at the back of his squad car. Bomb goes off, and he immediately walks over in this empty parking lot and just stands there. And at first you think, well, what is he doing? Like, you know, she's walking in the middle of nothing, but then you can hear the glass raining down from the buildings, just raining down. And you think that guy knew well enough to get out of the way. Or maybe it was just instinctual because he could feel it. But either way, just cool as a cucumber. Walked in the middle of that parking lot and stood there. Um, and then he has some Sort of reads as, as someone who's probably been around things that have exploded before. Yeah, for sure. Probably been around some IEDs or whatnot. Obviously speculating, but... Yeah, I don't he, even know the guy's name, to be honest with you. I mean, but as we talked about, you and I had we been in that situation, probably would have been a little more nervous um, and, yep. and reacted differently. And he's just cool as a cucumber. Like you said, he just sort of walks, gets uh, separates himself from the building, uh, which is smart, you know. Uh, probably wouldn't have been my first move. But uh, he, he seemed to be in control. He, he's not very vocal, um, even when the other officers are close by. Uh you know, he, he yeah. tells some people to go the other way. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, I mean, I, I probably would have been using a few choice words. Definitely um, sounded like a dad talking to his kids. If you have kids or, I don't know, I don't want to demean anybody, but maybe if you have people that answer to you as, on a daily basis, it can sometimes feel like you're talking and they are purposefully ignoring so that they can talk. So bedtime would be a great example. All right, wash your face, brush your teeth, go to your room. 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 TPS reports. And, and wh- yeah, and while you're saying that, it is like, but did you know, but did you know, but did you know, but did you know? And then there's all these things being thrown at you, and then you just have to go, okay, that, I'm sure it does. Thank you. Brush your teeth, go to your room. <laughs> brush your teeth, go. But did you know? Did you, yeah, okay, but brush your teeth and go to your room, and then I'll be willing to listen to you about this. That cop is out there. Okay, need you to go that way. Need you to go that way. And this guy's like, "But what exactly happened?" And he goes, "We're not sure yet." 
I mean, literally, this thing just exploded. They don't know that it. They, I don't. I mean, I guess they could conclude. They could kind of deduct at that point that it was the RV that exploded because he had walked past it. Like, thank God. Like they literally walked right by this thing minutes before, on yeah, the way to his car. Been, yeah, yeah. And so uh, he wasn't going to panic people by drawing a conclusion and saying anything which was very, very professional and smart on his part. Uh, and you can see in the video that he basically tells these people, just keep walking that way. And this guy goes, you know I live here, right? And the cop goes, I'm sure you do. Go that way. Keep going that way. Don't keep care. going that way. Yeah. It's just like a, that's great, fella. It just doesn't matter right now. None of that matters right now. We have something we need you to do, and it involves you going that direction, not standing here and arguing with me. Incredible demeanor. He was very, very calm. He's polite to those people. I'm kind of putting my inflection and tone on it. He's he's very polite to them. So, um, really interesting to watch. You can see it feltrecoilshow.com/slash Nashville. And again, on there is a link to the American Red Cross Nashville, where you can donate to help the recovery efforts there. Okay, um, we still have Fauci to talk about. We have Patrick's new gun to talk about. That's going to be a good time. But first, I want to tell you not to forget, uh, if you're looking to prepare in any way for the uncertainty that will be 2021, I've reached a point, by the way, I don't allow, <laughs> not that I don't allow, I have to laugh every time I see the Biden supporters say, thank God 2020 is over. 2021 can't get here fast enough because I kind of feel the opposite. I think I would rather stay locked down without Biden because <laughs> I can defy the lockdowns than lockdowns with Biden because they can argue all they want about this stimulus package and the recovery bill or whatever they want to call it where they're really borrowing money from China to give it to us and then act like they love us. Um, we're just digging our hole deeper, man. The, the world is not going to get better. Joe Biden has said, the man has said, that the worst is yet to come. He hasn't said it's going to get better because I have a plan. He says the darkest days of the pandemic are ahead of us. Think about that. It's only going to get worse before it ever gets better. My Patriot Supply has long-term food and water and coffee and everything you would need to hunker down and make it. Their food has up to a 25-year shelf life. The coffee is up to 30 years. If you leave it in the packaging, don't open the Ziploc bag, and you're fine for 30 years. It's not actually Ziploc. You get it. Vacuum packaged coffee. You'll be good to go. Food and water, that's your top two true essentials for survival. If you lose your job in 2021, if things just continue to get worse, if the market continues to fall, what are you going to do? Put some insurance in the closet. Literally, you buy it comes neatly packaged. You can tuck it away and forget about it until you need it. You could eat for a year for not much per meal. Plus, we have a link at feltrecoilshow.com slash supply. You follow that link, you can get 720 servings of Franklin's Finest Coffee with a 30-year shelf life for about a dime per cup. It's a pretty good deal. Go check it out, feltrecoilshow.com slash supply. Okay. Anthony Fauci. I've never really liked Anthony Fauci. I don't like being lectured. <laughs> and he just seems like the type. Um, I don't know that there was ever a time where I felt like that's the guy to lead us through this. Did well, you, I, you, I, I didn't because 
he's a bureaucrat. There you go. So that should be, that should sort of tip you off from the jump. Anthony Fauci sat down with the New York Times thinking, hey, I want to be a celebrity because I kind of feel like that's where he's at in his oh, career sure. now, right? For sure. Like, this is all about how famous can I make myself so that when I get up, when I get done with whatever this thing is I'm doing, every like Bill Nye the Science Guy, <laughs> in a way, <laughs> right? How long can I ride this train? Except Fauci's an actual scientist. So the New York Times sits down with him and says, at what point does a country achieve herd immunity? What portion of the population must acquire resistance uh, to the coronavirus, either through infection or vaccination, in order for the disease to fade away and life to return to normal? Since the start of the pandemic, the figure that many epidemiologists have offered has been 60 to 70%. That range is still cited by the World Health Organization and is often repeated during discussions of the future course of the disease. Although it is impossible to know with certainty what the limit will be until we reach it and transmission stops, having a good estimate is important. He gives Americans a sense of when we can hope to breathe freely again. Nice play on words, guys. Nice play on words. Recently, a figure to whom millions of Americans look for guidance, Dr. Anthony S. Fauci, an advisor to both the Trump administration and the incoming Biden administration, has begun incrementally raising his herd immunity estimate. In the pandemic's early days, Dr. Fauci tended to cite the same 60 to 70% estimate that most experts did. Now, what they're saying there is once 60 to 70% of the population has been vaccinated, we could reach herd immunity, or if they're not vaccinated, I guess, if there was no vaccine, if enough people got it and the science could prove you couldn't get it again, a la chicken pox. Once 67% get there, we're good. About a month ago, Fauci began saying 70-75% in television interviews. And last week, in an interview with CNBC News, he said 75, 80, 85%. And he said 75 to 80 plus percent. In a telephone interview the next day, Dr. Fauci acknowledged that he had slowly but deliberately been moving the goalposts. He is doing so, he said, partly based on new science and partly on his gut feeling that the country is finally ready to hear what he really thinks. How very scientific of him. Right. <laughs> See, stop right there. You can stop right there and know that this is a guy who's telling you, I'm going to lie to you so you'll do what I think you need to do until I think you're ready to hear what I really believe. Now, again, gut feeling, like you just said, how very scientific. Hard as it may be to hear, he said, he believes it may take close to 90% immunity to bring the virus to a halt, almost as much as is needed to stop a measles outbreak. Get ready for this, by the way. Ready? Ready? Fauci doesn't believe the coronavirus is as contagious as the measles. Okay? Now, I don't know much about the, the measles because we have a, a vaccine for it that most of us, I think, get when we're kids. Mm -hmm. It's not really a thing we deal with as a society anymore. Asked about uh, Dr. Fauci's conclusions, prominent epidemiologist said he might be proven right. He might be proven right. The early range of 60 to 70% was almost undoubtedly too low, they said, and the virus is becoming more transmissible, so it will take greater herd immunity to stop it. 
When the polls said only about half of all Americans would take a vaccine, Fauci said, I was saying herd immunity would take 70 to 75%. Then when newer surveys said 60% or more would take it, I thought, I can nudge this up a bit. So I went to 80 to 85. We need to have some humility here, he added. (laughs) Rich, we really don't know what the real number is. I think the real range is somewhere between 70 to 90%, but I'm not going to say 90%. Real question here. Yeah. Who hears that? Who hears that number, that 70% herd immunity to make this thing go away? Mm -hmm. Who already has made up their mind, I'm not getting this vaccine? Me. And then goes, ah, but he said we need 70. And I just watched on NBC News. They said only 50 people or 50% of the people are going to do it. So, you know what? I'm going to do my part and I'm going to jump on board. You're right. Still not me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's what I thought because I don't think it's anybody. Yeah. I yeah. think that's a crock. Can you imagine suddenly you realize you've been lied to this whole time by this guy. He's admitting that he's lied to you. And by the way, it's it seems to me I might have been wrong. I thought he sat down with the New York Times, and this doesn't appear that he did. I think this is just them picking apart his most recent interviews. Um, Actually, about three days after that article came out, because you sent it to me the other day, and you were like rage texting me mm, about yes. how much you hate this guy. I do. Um, warranted. Um, uh, I think about three days later, I saw another article, essentially where he was saying that we need ninety percent. So I thought it was kind of hilarious. Where here he is admitting he's lying to everyone, and he's pushed the lie right from fifty percent to ninety percent. Yeah. I wonder, I mean, he is a scientist, but I wonder if he knows you can only go to 100%. Because <laughs> eventually, I mean, give him another two weeks, and he that's what he's going to say, right? Um, if if the trend continues, yeah. I don't know how that works as far as, like, herd immunity and how many people have to have it where it's not uh, being transmitted at a rapid rate or at all or whatever the case may be. But I do know that your point is very astute. Who's going to go get a vaccine from a guy who now says you need this vaccine, but it can be proved conclusively that he lied the entire time in order to perpetuate whatever his agenda is, be it does he have a monetary stake in one of these companies? Does he just want attention? I mean, you know, there are people, by the way. What's the name of the disorder? His his name is on patents. I think I think I read... uh, a couple of weeks ago that he's got like three patents that his name is on regarding COVID. I know he's on a couple of HIV patents. Oh, no. Well, yeah, he did a lot of work um, in HIV. Really did um, some groundbreaking stuff there. I was looking for. I, here's a question I think kind of makes me think about this whole herd immunity thing. So if if you've had COVID and you can't get it again, allegedly, mm-hmm. and you have the, at that point, I guess you have the antibody. Right. Which I would assume also means you can't transmit it. Well, so they say, but there's a cyclist that they say has now gotten it for a second time. Like a professional, right? I've heard of a couple of people out there that have gotten it more than once, but I think the likelihood is fairly remote. Again, from what I understand. Sure. So if you take the however many million people 
just looked it up. Just shy of 20 million people have been diagnosed with it. Um, so if you take that 20 million, how many people are in the country? 300 and 350. 350, call it 360. Somewhere million. around there. Yeah. Um, so if you take them out of the, I assume you take them out of the equation. So then your herd immunity is based on the remainder. The, rem- the remainder being the whole of people who've not been Im- infected. And then you need X number of them to now be, um, you know, immunized yeah. or whatever for it to, huh. to put a stop to it. I'm just wondering if that's even a factor. I don't know how any of this stuff works, though. <laughs> and that's kind of the point. Um, it seems they don't either. Well, I don't know. How, I mean, I don't believe any of them, though. Right. I mean, who, you who know, can I, you believe? I keep making the point week after week about how they told us for over a month you couldn't touch anything. And I keep right. going back to that on purpose because, one, it, it drives me nuts to even think back a year ago at what we were going through. Yeah. And and the fact that it was all for nothing. But, two, if they did that, what's what's to say they're not telling us a bunch of crap now that's just patently false? Yeah. I feel like that's where we are. I don't think we've ever left uh, this <laughs> this place where they're they're – deliberately giving us misinformation. These are the people who want you to believe they're the experts. I think I said this last week, but I'll reiterate the point. They want you to think they're the experts, and then they get on live television and take this vaccination that they, the healthcare professionals, are like, I can take this. And then they have a negative reaction live on TV. That lady passed out, Mm -hmm. right? And so she didn't know her own health history enough to know that having the vaccination would cause that effect. Meaning, okay, let's say there's, there's two arguments here, right? Let's say she had like a panic attack and got faint and dizzy and passed out. Maybe, maybe didn't seem to be the case, but maybe she claims her story is, which is the one we're going to go with that. She passes out from pain. And the pain in her arm is what caused her to pass out. And that she passes out all the time. Mind you, okay, she's the emergency room nurse manager. <laughs> and she passes out all the time. Her word's not mine. She probably doesn't need to have the job she has. I think that's a safe argument to make. But number two, she should have known better. But don't let your pride get in the way. Hey, we want you to be on TV, take the shot, look like a hero. I'll do it. I'll do it. No, 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 no. Say to them, you know what? I'm going to be really busy because it's a busy day. Oh, COVID. COVID. They need me. I can't wait to introduce Grab you Linda. to my good friend Frank, the yeah. epileptic commercial <laughs> airline pilot. You're going to love him, Chris. Yeah, yeah. You're going to love him. All right. It's uh, Munchau- Mun- Munchausen syndrome. I don't know why I couldn't remember it. M-U-N-C-H-A-U-S-E-N. How would you pronounce that? Munchausen? Yeah, the way you did. (laughs) (laughs) Munchausen, Munchausen, Munchausen? It doesn't matter. It's Munchausen syndrome by proxy. (laughs) I'm going to change it every time I say it. Should we YouTube it? Is it just that easy, you think? Let's let's try it. What is? I think it's Munchausen. Munchausen by proxy. I'm just going to YouTube it, and we're going to listen to, like, uh, here's the, all right, this is the doctors. Meet woman who claims she was victim of this disease that Chris can't pronounce. 
our next guest, Munchausen by proxy. This wasn't a disturbing right, story that's it. she watched on TV. That's she the claims one. <laughs> this was her life. <laughs> this is a guy. I just want to point out he's a doctor. I think he is. The show's called The Doctors, and he's on it. And he didn't even know how to pronounce it. It's like when Joe Biden tries to say the name of a uh, foreign leader from somewhere, you know? True and international is precious. <laughs> That's it, exactly. Here, here it is. Our next guest, Munchausen by proxy. This wasn't a disturbing story she watched on TV. Uh, this, this guy doesn't even know who his guest is. <laughs> Munchausen by proxy. He didn't say her name. He said the disease. He's introducing the disease as a person. Maybe... Well, maybe that is her name. It's like a like a Lou Gehrig situation here. <laughs> <laughs> That's how the disease got its name. Moonchild. Can't poor wait till we can name a disease after you. Yeah, well, they will one day. Um, <laughs> this poor lady. Moonchild syndrome by proxy, by the way, is a mental illness considered a form of child abuse when a caretaker of a child, most often the mother, mm-hmm, uh, either makes up fake symptoms or causes real symptoms to make it look like the child is sick. No one is sure what causes Munchausen syndrome by proxy. Sometimes the person was abused as a child or blah, blah, blah. Other things people make up to excuse their behavior. Um, okay. So there you go. Tell me that that's not what Fauci is doing to the American people. I think that's exactly what he's doing in order to keep his 15 minutes going. That's right. And I, and I'm, I think if you do a deeper read on this, they find out it's a psychological thing with the parent where they want the attention right. that comes along with the sick child. And that's exactly what Fauci is doing, right? Man, he's unbelievable. Okay, uh, we're going to forego our Voda of the week, uh, and we're going to talk about Patrick's new toy and one other thing with the ATF here in just a second. But first, times are feeling very uncertain. We're entering 2021. Joe Biden's going to be sworn in as the president. Oh, boy. It's gonna be it's gonna be a hoot nanny. Tumultuous is a good word for it. Um, and who knows what happens, but we can know what has been happening and we can respond to the idea that it will probably happen again. So it's a good time to check out AR five hundred armor. They have body armor, plate carriers, targets, everything you need to begin training properly to defend yourself, your family, the people you love, and your community. When times are as uncertain as they feel, you cannot be too cautious when it comes to preparing for the worst. AR500 makes tools of liberty, like body armor, plate carriers, and tactical accessories, right in Phoenix, Arizona. Everything manufactured in the United States of America. If you visit feltrecoilshow.com slash AR500, you can check out the special on the Banshee Advanced Loadout Plate Carrier. Prices starting at $449, and you could get six months, same as cash, financing through AR500 Armor. FeltRecoilShow.com slash AR500. The ATF. Mr. Hulon, you have a new toy to tell us about, and I'm so excited for it. It is the coolest gun I've seen in a very, very long time. Well, thank you, sir. What is it exactly? Um, I would say what it is. I don't want to steal your thunder and go, oh, I recognize it and say what it is, even though I know everything about probably what it is. That's very um, gun gun shop customer guy. Of thank you. you very much. Uh, this is a... I just want you to show it to my friend because I got one at home too. Right. <laughs> oh, you're that, you're that gun I'm shop that guy. guy. <laughs> uh, well, why don't you take him home and show it to him? 
Instead of wasting my time. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead, buddy. Uh, this is a PTR Industries uh, 9CT, which is essentially a semi-automatic uh, MP5 clone. I love it. Um, which I've never had a lot of desire to have any sort of like a PCC or anything like that. Right. You don't like the handgun calibers in the rifle platforms? Uh, I guess I just... I just never seen a whole lot of use personally for them, right? Um, but I thought this would be a cool uh, toy to play with, and I got this idea uh, before ammo prices started to go nuts. So I tried to get my hands on one. Uh, it was more difficult than I would like to admit, and it's been an adventure with this gun. I'll tell you a quick story. Uh, and we're out of time. Oh, <laughs> man. Of course. Uh, I So I finally got one after... Jump- I just, I'm sorry. I just thought it was funny. It sounded like you were asking permission to tell a story on your own podcast. That's a good point, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to tell the story, Chris, and I'm going to make you listen to it. <laughs> Please. So it took me a while to actually get my hands on it, and when I got it, uh, there was a problem with the gun. So I was a little frustrated. Yeah, yeah, with the uh, gun. Speaking of gun shop, guys. Right. These sights are off. Uh, so I, I'll just tell you what was wrong with it. All right, tell me. And, and this is not all's well that ends well. So uh, good on PTR. I put a magazine in it, and I couldn't get the magazine out. Mm. So there's an issue with the magazine release. It has a paddle style. It also has a button on the side. And neither one of them had enough spring tension to engage. So essentially the magazine was empty but stuck in the gun. I would have had no idea where to start on fixing something like that either. Yeah, I'm, so not being an MP5 guy, I didn't really either. And I thought, I just literally just got this thing in my hands. Yeah. I'm not going to. How'd you get it? How'd you simple. acquire it? Uh, Through PTR? Uh, no, I actually bought it from a local gun store. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, because PTR was fairly backlogged. Yeah. As is everybody right now. Sure. Um, so I had to do some finagling to get one in my hands. Um, it took a couple of months, actually, to get it actually here. And then um, then I had the issue. Uh, PTR told me it was going to be uh, potentially several weeks to get it back, to get it fixed and get it back. Um, it was back in... Almost no time at all. It was very impressive. And they fixed it, and I'm very happy with it now. So I've made a few changes to it. Uh, I put a different handguard on it. I put the Magpul MP5 lower and Ambi Safety on it. Uh, I actually SBR'd it, which is why I brought it here today. Um, How long did that take? The Grinch actually granted me a tax stamp on this right before Christmas. No kidding. No kidding. Uh, sent off for it on December second, uh, I believe. I got it back on. I got the tax stamp, the form one, back on December twenty second. No kidding. So about twenty days. Um, That's pretty phenomenal, considering it used to be ninety days. Yeah, or more. I mean, it. You know, so I did the e form with a trust. Uh, so I added the uh, ACR stock. Shout out to Wes, who helped me find that. 
um, and the revolutionary roller locks uh, ACR adapter. So you can actually put the ACR stock on an MP5. And I know there's a lot of people out there that are MP5 purists mm-hmm. that don't like this stock on this gun. They think it looks stupid. Mm-hmm. I kind of love it. I love how it looks. Um, I think it's it's a nice uh, kind of modern upgrade for this platform. Um, you got a cheek riser and a lot of adjustment in it. I'm not a big fan of wire stocks. I think they're kind of annoying and not very comfortable. Um, and then Scalar Works with uh, Trijicon MRO on top. And a BCM foregrip, Unity hot button, and Surefire light. Your rear sight, you got your rear drum sight and your front post. Are, are you able to see... Are, are you able to see through your mount? Yeah, so you can. You actually can see. You can actually use the irons through the scalar works. Uh, I think this is the one uh, five three mount, so it's like a medium height, so you can actually see them through there. The issue you might run into is this stock sits higher than a traditional MP five stock, sort of dips uh, down. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you're sitting a little high for that. So getting um, down on it's going to be tricky. Yeah. Um, but they are, they are uh, I guess, the option is there to use them. Um, it just may depend on how you have the stock set up. And to the point about PCCs, you know, the handgun caliber in the rifle platforms, like we're all rolling around with 9 millimeters in our trucks and our cars anyway. It's usually, sure. you know, I would say... I mean, I won't put a percentage on it, but probably the largest portion of concealed carriers are carrying a 9mm handgun, right? Especially these days, yeah. Right. So why not be able to pull it out, shoulder it, and have 35 rounds in that mag, right? You get 35 on 30, 30? 30 in that one. So you got 30 rounds in the mag? Yep. I mean, if all hell breaks loose and you got to grab something out of the back of the car and defend yourself on the way home or however you got, you know, whatever you got to do, it's a really good way to do it. And by the way, if you don't know the genius... Uh, of the delayed roller lock system. It's well worth the read. It's pretty slick. Because that gun shoots so smooth. So, so smooth. Because if you don't know, uh, traditionally when they make a 9mm and they put it in a rifle platform, just the explosion of that primer getting struck by the firing pin, that explosion happens, and that's what causes the gun to cycle. Okay? On... The delayed roller lock system of the MP5, the explosion occurs, and there's literally ball bearings that basically have to compress themselves, mm-hmm. and then it can rotate and move to the rear and cycle the action. So the gun just shoots. I don't know the science behind why exactly, but that causes the gun to shoot so smooth. It's incredible. It's an incredibly well-thought-out design. It's not like you look at some guns, and they have a cool story behind them, and they're worth buying, but there's no real advancement to the to anything, really. Uh, but you look at the MP5. Well, this and, is a design that's been around since, uh, I think, the early 50s was when it was originally uh, kind of came yeah. to be. Um, and it's still... a a force to be reckoned with literally throughout the world. Yeah, it's incredible. You, know, you have elite, elite military units and law enforcement units still using them to this day. 
Uh, I know um, here in Greenville County, uh, plenty of deputies here actually still carry them. Oh, really? Yep. Yeah. Um, Mine as well. So if yeah. you're able, that's the gun to have, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah, and and I guess that's part of it is uh, because it's sort of that nostalgic design. Mm-hmm. It's kind of that classic gun when you see uh, the silhouette of an MP5, you know what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no question. So that was uh, probably part of the draw of why I thought well, that'd be something cool to have and um, get out there and play with a little bit. So next, um, I'm going to have to call our friend Trey over at Rugged and see if I can order a can. Yes, sir. Or, um, throw one of their nine millimeter cans and a three lug adapter on that yes, bad boy. Sir. So that's, that's probably coming next. And then this, this bad boy will be all done. Quick parting thought before we leave. Speaking of the ATF, there was a big hubbub about uh, how they were going to start classifying AR pistols. We talked about it last week. In the meantime, in between time, they have withdrawn their whatever you call it. I don't even know what that's. I I think the technical term is kerfluffle. Yeah. Okay, um, so they basically they put out their statement, if you will, and they said this is going to be our guidance to field agents moving forward on how to determine whether or not an AR with a brace is a pistol, an SBR, whatever the case may be. And then there's this great public outcry, and they said, okay, we're withdrawing. Would you call it an application? I'm just not sure what you call that thing. They, they withdrew their... Their intention, intention, their uh, submission to the registrar, registrar, register. I don't know the federal registrar. Uh, they withdrew that submission, but in my opinion, tell me if you think I'm wrong. That doesn't undo what they intend to do. It's not them saying we won't do it, right? Or am I wrong there? I think you're exactly right. They didn't say, "Okay, guys, you got us. We're backing down. We're just not going to go after them anymore." To me, this reads more like it's being put on pause than it was stopped. Yeah. And I think that um, everybody was high-fiving themselves and patting themselves on the back about, yeah, we submitted all these uh, questions and we essentially overwhelmed them, uh, supporting the idea that we need to leave these braces alone. And while that's well and good and all that everybody's high-fiving, I think it uh, that may have served us as a distraction. Yeah, uh, I don't. I don't know that there's. I don't. I don't. I don't see where they've said anything about leaving it alone. Well, yeah, they just said we're we're just not going to deal with it essentially in this way. That, that that's the way that's I understand fair. it. Which, by the way, was going to be my point exactly. There was nothing. They weren't saying anything new, meaning it was news to us, but they weren't telling us this is a new way we're going to interpret it. They were telling us in that documentation, this is the way we've always seen it. Right. And we're just putting you on notice that this is the way it will be moving forward. Since 2018 or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So that was what was scary for me is, okay, well, wait a second. They've always viewed it that way. I don't know. So I guess my only point in bringing it up is just to say, have some caution with your optimism. Like celebrate the small victories. I get that. But I would be a little cautious 
Actually, say this way. Just stay vigilant because they're going to come back around. Well, consider the fact that let's just say you got pulled over and uh, they had probable cause to search your car. They find a, a AR with a pistol brace on it. And I really want to be cool and grab the one behind me and be like, oh, look at it. But you just had what you had, and so I'm just going to leave right. it. I'm like, oh, That's yeah. Fine. But I do have one. <clears throat> I do. My point, though, is that you could you could then be prosecuted for whatever's going on behind the scenes. That's what's scary to me. Right. So they're making these determinations, not making them public, and saying this is our stance on it. Yeah. And the only way to find out what that stance really is, if they don't show their hand like they did with this, where they tried to push this out uh, in, into the uh, federal registry, the only other way you find out is when you're brought up on charges. Yeah, that's that's pretty terrifying. Yeah, and and that's I, because, to your point, remember that everything in that guidance was so relative and subjective to the field agent Same on hand. The word you're looking for is convoluted. Well, well, I might argue that point because it's pretty clear cut, except. That it just depends on the mood of the field agent, right? Me and what I mean by that is, you, like you said, yeah. you get pulled over, the cop sees it, and he goes, "You have a stamp for this?" And you go, "No, it's a pistol." And he goes, "That's not a pistol." Yeah, it's a pistol. I don't know how the world works, but let's just say that they seize that firearm from you. They go, well, "We're taking it because we believe this is an unregistered Class Three item." You go, but it's not. So they give you a summons to appear in court, and then you go to court, and there's the ATF, and you're like, "I didn't do anything wrong." And then this field agent gets up and he goes, myself, fellow field agent, and then our chief all reviewed this thing, and it's way too heavy to hold with one hand. And when you do hold it with one hand, your aim point is really low or your aim point is really high. And so that, along with the pistol brace, makes it a class three item. And you're screwed because, like you were saying, there's no way to know. There's no way they've, I guess, all right, I'll give you convoluted. They've made it such a hard place to navigate. There's no way to know exactly where you'll end up. And maybe purposely so that they can just interpret it whichever way they want, depending on the circumstance. I think it was a registration attempt this time. Oh, sure. I think they wanted to know who had what. I bet a bunch of people complied before they rescinded the guidance. Uh, And now... Yeah, if you'll just give us the serial numbers, you guys can have free tax stamps. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everybody knows the NFA is a registry. I mean, I, here I am holding my new SBR that I got a tax stamp for. I get it. I know what it is. Right. Um, unfortunately, you got to play by the rules. Yeah. Uh, at, at least at this stage in the game. Yeah. So, if you want to dance with the devil, you got to pay the price. Take that for what it's worth. Yeah. Nobody's blaming you. Anyway. Um, all right. I, w- I would, just to add real quick, I would ahead. be worried about uh, – something more along the lines of a bump stock ban under Biden because having it like four braces specifically to yeah, yeah, just yeah. go after the braces. Yeah, so so for example, now it's it, there's been this, you know, dust up of of all the stuff surrounding braces. I can almost assure you someone on Biden's team is aware of that and will be whispering sweet nothings in his ear. Uh, you know, come January 21, and then, you know, next thing we know, he's, you know, putting out an executive order saying these are, you know, no longer illegal. 
Yeah. I think that would be the next step. I think that could be why the ATF just kind of threw their hands up and goes, well, we don't have to take the heat for this one. We'll just walk away because we know Biden's going to step in and do whatever he's going to do. Fair enough. Fair enough. If they can take your bump stocks by executive fiat, they can take your braces too. Yep. Hell, they can take your ARs. <laughs> like what, you know, what's to stop them? Take your 30-round mags. Or your yeah. car. Yeah. Or your gold. I mean, they already did the gold. They did all that. They did that, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's all true. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. We got a tough fight ahead of us. All right. Thanks for hanging out. New episodes of the Felt Recall Podcast are found every Tuesday, wherever you like to get your podcast. You can always find us online, feltrecallshow.com. Um, thank you for listening. Thanks for telling a friend. Thanks for subscribing. Thank you for leaving a review wherever you get your podcast. If you write out a quick review, then your podcasting service, wherever you like to get them, Apple or Google Play or whatever it is, they will then move the podcast up just a little bit because it shows that people actually care or something like that. It's very scientific. Anyway, appreciate it's you very Fauci here. of you. Yeah, thank you. Uh, that poor munching girl, she's, uh, you know, she knows. All right, we'll see you next week, seven days away from another episode of the Felt Recall Podcast. <laughs>